Hello, podcast listeners. How are we all doing? This week, I'm thrilled to bring you my conversation with the organizer of the world's longest hockey game, Dr. Brent Sake. Every few years, Brent brings together a group of 40 players who have or have been closely impacted by cancer to participate in the 10-day-long event. The guys get older and the game gets longer, but since 2003, the group has raised over $3.4 million for cancer research. Brent lost both his father and his first wife to cancer, and since then he's made fundraising an integral part of his life, and his efforts to date have saved an incredible amount of uh, children's lives. Uh, pediatrics is a specialty in, in terms of what they fundraise for. This year, the game brought in over $1.2 million, bringing the total raise since its inception to $4.6 million. Special shout out to TSN's Dustin Nielsen for his first place fundraising total of $66,035 this year. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dr. Brent Sake. So sitting here, we're live with Dr. Brent Sake. Thank you for making the time for me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you, thanks. You've been having a lot going on lately. Uh, how's life? <laughs> Busy. I'm resting. I'm sitting with a box of Kleenex beside me. <laughs> <laughs> Still feeling the shivers of uh, 10 days out in the in the cold? Yeah, it was... Um, it was, it's the cold, and then we had the warm weather, and uh, then we ended up just, well, it's lack of sleep and everything else. Your body at some point shuts down. And my wife and her um, good ideas, she decided to take us away for the weekend after the hockey game. and uh, But we went to Vegas, so we didn't rest much there. <laughs> so now I'm resting. Now I'm just starting my rest. <laughs> right, sort of the after party that is obligatory, but right. you don't necessarily want to be no, there. No, exactly. <laughs> so a big reason why I wanted to chat with you today is obviously the world's longest hockey game. But just for a little context for the audience, want to kind of place you in terms of what you do and, and where you're from originally and, and how you got into doing what you do right now. Yeah, from, from Edmonton originally, uh, my parents were from Innisfree, a little bit east of here, so we still hobby farm out there. Um, What's hobby farm? Hobby farming, that's a quarter section of land, so not enough to make a living, but <laughs> just enough to enjoy. I enjoy farming. That's, okay. that's probably my favorite thing to do, is just being out there and seeding and uh, cultivating, like just the process of, of doing that is, that's my kind of relaxation and lake lot type of thing that's your zen that zen is my zen your meditation you what do you grow you, out there uh, usually wheat and canola okay yeah and that uh but when you're out there there is there's no noise you can have an acreage or whatever around the city close enough but ultimately uh you're by yourself and uh nighttime there's no lights <laughs> so great place to relax so there but uh basically grew up on the north side of Edmonton and uh, went to high school dessert and then decided that uh, I might try a baseball career so I went uh, I got signed by the Braves and went down to Portland went into optometry school Mm -hmm. and uh, as my dad put it when I first got down there uh, and he looked at some of the other players. He just said, better get an education. So, <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so the Atlanta Braves? Yeah. And their farm teams in Portland? No, uh, when you get signed by them, yeah. they'll pick a school for you to go to, okay. or whatever it is. So go play college ball. And yeah. and that's sort of the, the route that I had taken. Yeah. And, uh, what position did you play? First base. First base. Mm-hmm. And at what point was there an aha moment where you're like, yeah, I think he's right? Or was it when he said no, that? No, it was pretty much the first day I went <laughs> down there. I thought I was good when I was coming from Alberta and like oh I'm a stud now I'm yeah. going down to play ball 
and I got there and realized I can't do this for a living. But it was yeah. nice. I got some schooling paid for and and enjoyed the experience. Uh, I, I'm a huge proponent of that. If you can go through college uh, through athletics, that's a that's a good learning tool. Right. It uh, it teaches you a lot more than than most things. You've got to be able to be committed to to your schooling plus your plus your while in my case plus baseball and and try to get both done in a, as best as you can yeah I think often there's there's times where student will focus more on the athletics than the academics or I don't think it's typically vice versa no, but, no, yeah. but you know you see some real studs coming out that, that can do well in both and I think yeah. there's no reason that learning you know how to be dedicated and motivated can can help you in both. absolutely absolutely so you went to optometry school, and mm-hmm. uh, and then when you're finished, did you move back to Edmonton? Yeah, straight back. Well, uh, while I was in optometry school, my dad had passed away, uh, so I actually had to take about an extra, uh, almost an extra year of optometry school because uh, I had moved during, while well, he was doing his treatments and stuff, um, we had actually gone to Mexico to try some alternative treatments because he was had terminal cancer. Uh, so in that time, I was taking some optometry courses actually while living in Tijuana. Which <laughs> How did so by correspondence is different now than it was back then? How did you take well, correspondence? Well, yeah, what it was is I had my teachers just basically give me the books, mm-hmm. and uh, I would fly home from Tijuana to write the write the tests, and then go back again and just kept doing that for as long as I could and, wow and uh, so I was about a good year year plus and what, so what kind of sorry to interrupt but what yeah. kind of experimental treatment was he having then? Uh, Leotrol is the name of the drug for cancer that mm-hmm. um, it it's basically a drug that uh, it boosts your immune system I mean this is 20 years ago this was sort of an experimental deal and and not approved in Canada or US or wherever mm-hmm. um, and now there there is talk of that like uh, one of the big ways that we try to cure cancer is through your own immune system right so uh, and that's basically what the treatment was down there is super boost your immune system so that it can kill the cancer cells on its own so was it used in conjunction with chemotherapy with chemotherapy yeah. or yeah, my radiation dad had, my dad had done it I mean they had told my dad that there wasn't really a lot that they could do, mm-hmm. um, but he did. They did what they could through uh, chemo and radiation, and um, and then at that point they said there's no more chemo and radiation and mm-hmm. whatever it is that that we can give you. So mm-hmm. um, the decision was just to head down and try this. I mean, right. When you're when you're told that and you've got six months to live, you pretty much say. I'll do what I can to, to hang on for as long as I can, and it, and it was good. Like he lasted, he lasted uh, almost three years mm-hmm. um, when it shouldn't have been that long, and um, and it was a great three years. So did he stay down in Mexico the whole time? Uh, we'd go to Mexico for short periods of time, then come home. But we'd have to go back every few months right. to Mexico. So when they would go back home, I'd go back to school, and and uh, so it was tough going through that. Um, and then as soon as I graduated, uh, my dad had already passed away and I had to come home and start working and, right. yeah, and get things organized at home. And so how, did, how is it that you got professionally connected to so many sports? So when I came, uh, the school that I went to, um, one of their uh, side sort of studies that you can take is sports vision. Mm-hmm. 
which in essence is uh, you're training an athlete no different than training their, their arms or legs. Um, you can train the eyes to uh, have better hand-eye coordination track objects better and that kind of stuff so so I took extra courses within the sports uh, vision training and then came back and because baseball is my love I went to the trappers who were here in Edmonton at the time and and I had uh, loosely known or Franchick, which is a pretty big baseball name around Edmonton All right. and uh, I just remember him from more Franchick baseball school when I was 12 years old he was <laughs> teaching these things so I uh, went up to him and I said does anybody do your eyes do you have a sports program mm -hmm. and they didn't really have so uh, I kind of got my foot in the door that way and took a few years before I could expand that program and then how, how do you when you're when you're pitching that sports vision kind of sector what do you show them like what's the demonstration to show that this is effective yeah they uh it's well it's different then than it is now because yeah. everyone knows it works now of course like now it's uh now it's mainstream yeah Pretty back much, then you're pioneering it basically. yeah like yeah. it was it was we knew it worked um the one thing that we had while well, i had in my back pocket was nike was really big into sports vision mm -hmm. nike subsidized i don't know how much to our school to do the sports vision program so all the stuff that I was doing at school was always already done through Nike. Uh, a lot of golfers, um, a lot of basketball players, uh, hockey and baseball weren't quite there yet. Um, but uh, in that program, you're, it, you're showing studies right. and the math. If you just think about it, you tell somebody, well. I don't care how fast your legs can move. You can't see where you're going. It's not going <laughs> to get you there. Right. So, um, and it's easy enough to show. Once you get past the point of, of having that conversation and, and then showing some devices, I would have people come to my office here and say, I'll put you through a program. Mm -hmm. I'll show you what it's like. Uh, do this. If uh, And a lot of times the way it was, actually, it was, it was these, these gentlemen their kids it was well let's try my kid on this right like, yeah let's guinea pig the kids of on course this stuff, right? nothing always at that point right? <laughs> yeah and uh in doing that it's it's sort of one athlete at a time and it takes that slow process mm -hmm. you'll train one athlete one athlete will say yeah i really want to do that because it wasn't mandatory that everyone it still isn't mm -hmm. um uh, so one athlete will do it and see this huge improvement and then another athlete will say what are you doing different well i'm doing this <laughs> And it's, do they it's, want to share? Do they yeah, want to share yeah, the secret? I guess if it's a teammate or an <laughs> yeah, opponent. That's true. So what kind of things will you do with them? Like what are some of the initial exercises or routines? Yeah, most, uh, it's very sports specific and even more so to that, it's more individual position per sport. Right. So if you're a pitcher and you're not hitting much, there's certain things I'm just not going to show you. Yeah. Um, if we use baseball, for example, hitting's kind of the, the key for us to work on. Right. Um, and step one would be for me to show how your eyes track or how quickly you can pick up a target when it's moving at you. Mm -hmm. So there's computerized devices that you would have to look at and you'll, for instance, a ball, it'll have numbers on it. So it's coming at you at a certain, certain rate of speed through a monitor yeah. and you have to tell me what the numbers are. Yeah. Um, as you train that skill, we'll say you did this, this many numbers at this speed, well now, We've trained the skill, and there are this many numbers. Okay, this interesting. And the the thing with vision training in general is uh, it's very um, 
very number specific so it's not something where how do you think I want I wouldn't ask guys I right. wouldn't ask do you think it helps yeah I can show you that you've improved in these skills right. since you've been working on this stuff. It's completely so, objective not yeah. subjective yeah, at absolutely. all so. um, what <laughs> can it's not like you can see improvement right I mean so to speak like you're not seeing a muscle get bigger right. <laughs> or more defined yeah and when when you're training the uh, this is super interesting to me so I'm gonna ask this question it might be dumb but when you're when you're training the eyes is it more of the sort of the muscular response the actual eyes moving or is it more neuro processing that you're developing? Um, so, so good question. Um, I know I can train the muscles. I can't prove I can train neural. Okay. And that that science isn't something we we've been able to say yes. That helps. If, if anything, that would be the sort of subjective part of it. But mm -hmm. what I know I can train is the muscles in your eye are similar. Excuse me, similar to all muscles in your body. Uh, we can make them stronger. We can make them move faster. Um, and that that's the key. If you can move your eyes faster, if you can focus on a target quicker. That's really what you're trying to do in all sports, pretty much. Have you ever um, come across an athlete that's been like the Michael Jordan or the Wayne Gretzky of like eye development? Has there been any that are just off the charts, like compared to the rest of the so, guys? So Michael Jordan's an interesting one. Um, obviously through Nike, and this is 20 some years ago. So he was he was big into this at, at the time. Um, and Michael Jordan had the best eyes of any athlete Nike has ever really ever. Put through these tests they didn't train him they just said you have this you're as far as you can get to come on and where you need to be yeah. really so uh, Michael Jordan had better than 2010 vision mm -hmm. uh, so just his sight in a, on its own without without any extra exercises or anything is better than than most people and then when they were putting him through this program at, at, at Nike mm -hmm. um, they're like they said, yeah, this is just we don't have, we have nothing to teach you. Right, that's <laughs> unbelievable. So, despite all, all the mention of hard work and you know a thousand free throws a day or ten thousand or whatever it is, sure. there still is that element of innate talent. Well, see, skill. I agree. Um, the the one thing I think of with that, if Michael Jordan worked harder than most people, part of what he's doing is working his eyes as right. well. Like that's that activity is just doing it and. I, you can never go back in time and say, well, if he didn't do this a thousand times, he'd still be good because of his eyes or vice right. versa. But, but you're right. I mean, it's a pretty strong correlation to say that. I haven't seen Gretzky's eyes, but I, I'm assuming you, know, you hear about how his peripheral vision was amazing and you used right. to see reflections in the, in the, <laughs> in the glass and whatnot. Yeah. So um, talking about that person as well as right. a, a top of his game I've even seen him in rooms like noticing people walk in like almost behind him like I've seen that like like <laughs> eyes in the back of your head yeah. but in like a social situation there it's pretty go. remarkable so that that, uh, that skill we can't measure we can sort of measure what your peripheral vision is mm -hmm. um, but in essence if to the degree that we have if you see everything fine but it just people can see more right yeah so tell us how uh, the world's longest hockey, that's quite a title, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's very definitive. It leaves yeah. no room for, for misinterpretation. Yeah. How did it all come about for you? Uh, so through my dad when uh, we were back here at home at the Cross Cancer Institute, um, 
he always, well, as anyone, always struggled with having kids there. So, pardon me. Um, so as he's going through the hospital and I'm taking him there, uh, he just said, just keep doing stuff in your life that you can to try to keep kids out of this hospital. So that was, uh, that was uh, a fundraising thing that started when my dad was ill and I didn't really know what I was going to do. Uh, when I started working up Tom at Clinic in Beggarville, and uh, we would do these red-eye uh, baseball tournaments, uh, did a curling thing, we did golf tournaments. So the, the general things that we all try to raise money in. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but I was very frustrated because most of the tournaments cost me money. I didn't raise any money, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it just wasn't something that I could get over the bubble on on making a difference with uh, what was the biggest expenses venue rental or venue and uh it's it's expensive to put on golf tournaments and yeah. you know i'm not uh i don't have the the resources to call in auction items i, I just don't have that type of, mm -hmm. of resource to make a difference some golf tournaments can make a million dollars um and that's just not going to happen with who i'm trying to ask for for sponsorship and etc. Right. So, um, so but it was good, you know. We, we did our best, and I don't regret it at all. And and then uh, had moved, and so I got I'm in Sherwood Park now, just a little east of Sherwood Park, and kind of hit that point in life where I've never played drums and I've never played hockey. <laughs> so I bought a drum kit, yeah. and I asked my wife if I could build a hockey rink we had an anchorage. before you'd ever even played I've never played hockey. unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, we were just playing and so we built this hockey rink and we were playing uh, uh, with my buddies and some police officers came and the fire department so they were kind of having a little scrimmage game and it was a great time and we realized we had just played hockey for almost 12 hours really? and uh, sitting around having a beer after and going that was pretty amazing yeah and at the time uh, there was a game on the Red Deer River uh, that they were kind of promoting. It was sort of just a pond hockey type of thing that they were going to play 24 hours for a fundraiser. And we just kind of sat around and said, I think this is how we can raise money. Yeah. So, it just clicked. Yeah, it was like, we're going to, what's the world's longest hockey game? So, <laughs> I mean, we're still at the point where I don't have a smartphone. I'm not looking yeah. at what this what, is years What year ago. was this? This, this is o o two or three? Oh, Oh, two was the idea. Yeah. And we played in 03. Yeah. Right. So you're not just pulling up Google and <laughs> yeah. or asking Siri where the longest yeah, exactly. hockey game has gone on. So whatever. We looked into it mm -hmm. and uh, it was something like 70 some hours. Uh, got it started and we wanted to raise $50,000. Mm -hmm. How'd you pick that number? And just uh, that was always what I was trying to do for each golf tournament, but I could never hit. We'd, you know, sometimes you make 10, sometimes, yeah. but. 50 was kind of that's a good number to, yeah. uh, to raise and and I think we could be very proud of that so looked up the rules it's 40 players so mm -hmm. I said each player it's a thousand dollars to play right so you just I don't care if you raise it I don't mm -hmm. care what you do uh, but it's a thousand dollars to play so we we had pretty much heard some guys raised more and that yeah. so we 80 percent of the way there yeah already. so we've got our fifty thousands before we play mm -hmm. and then it was just fun yeah. like, okay we raised our money let's go have some fun it's amazing yeah, yeah. and uh um then the cameras started coming mm -hmm. and that's really what changed it because uh random people a dj came 
from Mr. Entertainment that still DJs for every game. Yeah. Uh, the cameras came and all of a sudden we're on the news and we didn't expect any of this. And uh, people are dropping off cash and uh, well, I remember it was, it was pretty wild. I had two garbage cans of cash in my bedroom upstairs. <laughs> we had no way to collect the money. We, right. weren't, we weren't expecting to collect money. This is all in year one? Yeah, it was yeah. the first game. So, so we raised, uh, I think it was about a uh, hundred and some thousand. I can't remember exactly. Which would have just blown you away at the time, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, that was pretty wild. So, um, so I said, wow, we've got to do this again. And, yeah. and just, just before the game started, as things were getting going, um, uh, unfortunately, my wife had got diagnosed with cancer mm -hmm. and then had passed away a few months after that. So, so now... Now I'm I'm in. Like, You're fully just, in, just, all in on this cancer this research. Is, uh, this is something that uh, my dad got me an idea. See, I always cry. I've just been telling this story a thousand times. Yeah. I apologize, but no problem. Um, but but going through that um, and just seeing what she had to go through, I had a little baby, and, mm -hmm. and that's that's uh, it. Just it just turned into a life decision that mm -hmm. that I can't stop. So we have another game. Obviously, same players. I moved to a different spot. We built a little better rink because the first, the first rink, uh, it had just a two by fours against some plywood. We had no heat. <laughs> <laughs> it was only eighty hours. Yeah. But, um, we had no heat, and then next one, okay, we need a little better shed. We need to figure out heat in there because we're going to play more hours and et cetera, et cetera. What was the goal in year two? Um, well, year okay. I gotta get the math right. Year two was ten days because what had happened that was oh five. Was that when the lockout was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 05 was a lockout. So, so that was a uh, that was our hockey fan stance to to ten days because um, an NHL player will roughly play two hundred and forty hours of hockey in a season. Right. So <laughs> you break it down. We said, well, we're gonna do two hundred and forty hours. In a row, consecutively. Yeah, because there's no hockey at the time. Right. Just the way it works. It well, maybe we'll get more media. Maybe mm -hmm. who knows what'll happen. Mm -hmm. And we raised eight hundred thousand dollars in year two. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So you yeah. took a year. Oh four, you took a break, right? Yeah. And then oh five, you did that one. Yeah. And then has it been every consecutive year, every few um, years, or no? Then then I moved again, <laughs> and so it's it's been kind of whenever I get a rink built, yeah. I'm not building anymore. Right. I'm with that, but but uh, you're planning to move anytime? No, no, that? I'm done with that. <laughs> uh, we're set up now, and uh, so yeah, so then moved and. Uh, and then another game was a million something and a million and six games later, mm -hmm. I think this one we raised uh, 1.2 million. 1.2, yeah, that's the number I saw. And then yeah. something remarkable happened too, right? You had someone call in? Well, yeah, so we had, uh, I wish I knew this lady or gentleman who did this, but I have no idea who it is. Even you don't know? No, I don't know who. So who knows? Who's the one person that knows? The ACF would have to know. Because Alberta Cancer Foundation? Yeah, yeah. They, they know who it is, I'm assuming, yeah. unless somebody just dropped off cash, <laughs> like, I don't know. But they said they'd match every individual donation. Yeah, so what had happened was um, uh, the check basically came out to almost $400,000 mm -hmm. of uh, individual donations, wow. so it's crazy. So is that tacked onto the 1.2 or does the 1.2 include that? I think, because it's still to be tallied, I yeah. think with that, I think we might even be close to 1.3. I'm not sure wow. exactly. We'll know probably in a month because mm -hmm. 
there's still I still have trash oh, buckets of cash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I still have checks here from patients that are dropped off. There's mm-hmm. still um, money at the ACF through things they haven't even gone through yet. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully get another hundred thousand. So, does the money raised go towards a specific um, segment of cancer research, or? Yeah, it's yeah. always been directed towards pediatric cancer. That was uh, the one thing that, uh, again, my dad had said, try to sort through. Mm-hmm. And um, and each time, the first piece of equipment that we paid that eighty some thousand for, um, it was it's a centrifuge for kids with liver cancer. Now, kids with liver cancer is very rare, um, but they die, unfortunately. If they get liver cancer, because there's no way to treat that, because this is the strangest comment, but there's not enough kids with liver cancer to figure out how to treat it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's it's just a cost-benefit analysis. It's the craziest thing, but there's this machine that that could never get on the hit list to to buy. When they told me that, I said, well, we'll buy that machine. Yeah. That was, that's what I want to buy. And then we bought that machine, and uh, and they said they figured it saved 11 lives that month. That Is month? It, that month, yeah. Do you have a running we, tally of that? I don't, I don't want that tally. Yeah. Uh, you know, that uh, um, they didn't only use it in Edmonton. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was used uh, all around Canada there mm-hmm. for a while. And, and, uh, and I hope that just that small expenditure of 80000 whatever it was, um, and knowing how much it helped, it was able to get to other places. Right. And so, of course. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, everything's been a machine. The uh, the interesting thing this year, this past game, because uh, we've done um, um, a Linac accelerator, it's called, and then the Linac accelerator times 20 type of thing, <laughs> these things. Um, if you go to the cross, and I hope you never go there, but you'll see Will's longest hockey game on these rooms because mm-hmm. that's the equipment that we bought. How and much say do you get in, in what um, what the money's spent on? I trust them. Yeah. Like uh, I get say as in the group of us, mm-hmm. whoever's playing says. So what what I do um, through this process, it was easier the second, third, and whatever time because I ended up being on the board of the ACF. Um, they wanted somebody that was uh, a fundraiser on their board mm-hmm. so I kind of it was an honor I got voted voted on the board so then it was really easy because I knew all the information right I knew exactly what was needed per, what needed to be purchased and um, and just gaining the information from not me but really smart people right like these researchers these people that that are trying their best to do what they can um, gaining all of that information giving it to the 40 players and saying, what do you think you want to do? Right. And uh, Do they just echo it back to you and be like, you're the expert now? Well, you know what? These, these, these are smart uh, men and women that, that they're, they're diving, dove into, dove into cancer because in order to play, they have to either be battling cancer themselves, they have to have lost someone through cancer or know someone who won the battle right but you can't just play if you don't have a really good or bad cancer story right interesting uh, i didn't know that yeah so it's, what percentage of our returnees year after year 80 80 percent yeah <laughs> the only reason they don't is because we're getting old yeah i was one of the younger ones <laughs> you're so getting old the games are getting longer yeah, the games are getting longer so um but it's pretty much the same people that have been playing mm-hmm. 
I joke that it's probably easier to make the Oilers roster than this one because <laughs> nobody wants to quit. Like, yeah. It's the same same people that are playing. And mm -hmm. a week after the, each game, they say they'll never play again. But give them a few years and they'll oh, yeah. in again. <laughs> <laughs> a few of the Oilers came by uh, yeah. and visited. It. Yeah. What, what did that mean to the people that were uh, it, it means a lot. It, um, it, uh, to me, what it says is... Um, there's an understanding. We had Oilers there. We had Eskimos there, um, and we had some Oil Kings. I missed I, apparently, but I didn't get to see them. And what that tells me is that our community understands that we're out there doing some for our community. So the Oilers are there for us. The Eskimos, they're there for us, but as well, we're there for them. Mm -hmm. It's vice versa, mm -hmm. and uh, it's very symbiotic. The uh, players and coaches and and managers and people that came out, trainers from both teams uh, that came out, um, they just wanted to come and help. Mm -hmm. I, I never, I never thought for a second that anybody was out there to be on the news. I never thought anybody was doing something to, to, uh, um, to whatever, make a statement. Yeah, to show up, to show off. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. It was, and and when you're tired and sitting there. It, it actually perks you up. I bet. These are our heroes, too. Yeah. Like we, no matter we, how we, cool you play it, Connor McDavid walks in, you're yeah. kind of like, shit, that's the best that's, player in the world right know, now. Right? Boys, let's, let's go let's tough it up. up. Yeah, let's kick let's it up. Let's kick it up right here. No, it, it means a lot to everybody. It, uh, it means a lot because it was nice when uh, um, there was some kids around there mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's, I mean, having Nurse and McDavid out there, um, to these kids is when are they going to get to stand beside them and watch a hockey game right in like a loose casual environment yeah. like it's one thing to meet the player yeah. after the game mm -hmm. it's you know there's that camera and media are all there but and uh so i mean having having uh that uh, best 85 team mm -hmm. all around at the same time right. was amazing perfect because we saw that was just I'd like to say good planning, but that was just good. How many of those guys showed up? Oh, geez, uh, quite a bit. Uh, eight, nine, maybe? Unreal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the best team of all time in, in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Lee Fogelin gave me uh, a jersey signed by the whole team, and I thanked him, and I said, we're going to get a lot of money on the auction for this. He said, on one condition, you can have this. I said, what's that? He said, you don't get to do that. He didn't want um, – he said, Brent, this is for – like your players this is to hang in your room right. this is the best team in the world yeah. of all time and uh, uh, I know you can make some money off that I just it would mm. it means a lot to everybody that signed this thing that it's for you guys this yeah. is our gift to you guys of course that's really so, nice of him to do because yeah. obviously you're the type of guy that anything you get you're gonna give back right that was in the that plan I, I, okay I get <laughs> next keep it. Yeah. I was excited about that <laughs> that's pretty awesome yeah so every year, every year you guys increase the length. Is that right? You go mm -hmm. bigger, better, more intense, more exposure, and and it just keeps mm -hmm. growing. Um, mm -hmm. So you set the record at now. I think it was two hundred fifty-one hours, nine minutes. Yeah, ten days total. Is that, is that what it is exactly? Some my sister and uh, a guy we call Zambar uh, Zambarney is <laughs> in high school. His nickname was Barney. Yeah, best friend from high school. So. <laughs> So he, he runs a Zamboni crew, mm -hmm. so we call him Zambarney. Yeah. And uh, they're the only two that know the exact count right now. 
Brenda submits everything to Guinness, which will probably be done in about a week. And then about six months from there, we get a thing back saying we either officially broke the record or didn't, and here's the time that you What do they look at? Do you know? Everything. It's crazy. Um, if you came to ref on a Wednesday night, mm -hmm. and then you came to ref on a Friday night, mm -hmm. and they looked at your signatures, and they didn't look alike, right. there's no record. Come on. Yeah. If wow. you came to volunteer yeah. um, scorekeep, if you... Like it's not even just the playing of mm -hmm. playing the game. It's everything. It has else. to be everything officially there for the yeah. entire time. Yeah. We have to video the whole thing. Yeah. So we send a video of the whole game. And uh, on that video, if we're out there, the thing with Guinness is they tell you you have to play in the spirit of the game. Mm -hmm. So if we're out there and some guy's just leaning on the boards and just kind of leaning on the boards, yeah. that's not the spirit of the game. Yeah. So. The players know that you can't do that. Like I, I have to run around screaming sometimes. Uh, just if guys are visiting with their friends or wives or whatever, a bit I go. Every shift's a real shift. Every shift is a shift. You've got time to visit after. Let's keep playing it. It's not. Now keep in mind, it's not fast hockey. <laughs> right? No, no, no. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. So, so you're out there and you're you're playing, but. Uh, um, I, that's not true though. When at three in the morning, it's not really fast hockey. Yeah. <laughs> at uh, Saturday afternoon, when there's bands playing and there's probably 500 people out there hanging out and screaming and hollering, you play a little bit more. Right. Of course. Yeah. You show up <laughs> yeah. for the fans. Yeah. So how, how does it work? Like, what are some of the nitty gritty details about like a player? So you're you're a player in this game. Mm -hmm. How long are you on the ice for on the bench? Like, when do you get to eat? Like, do you get to sleep? Like, these yeah. are some of the questions that aren't, so, aren't necessarily answered to the public. Yeah. So in essence, our schedule is designed. Uh, well, we played this game. Uh, my brother-in-law had passed away a year ago, so we we. Um, uh, hung up his jersey and retired his jersey and stuff so number 73 was everywhere and uh, but he was the mastermind mathematician of all <laughs> he was a math teacher yeah. so he mastermind this schedule that uh, gave everyone the exact same breaks gave exact same sleep times um, even different s schedules for goalies to come in and out on like uh, for instance you would start well, my first shift on Friday morning, which was a bugger because I should have looked at it, I should have given it to someone else. <laughs> Just teasing. If, if I can't take the shift and no one else gets it, that's, a, that's the rule. But right. I, looking at that, I go, it's, so it's seven and a half hours. So we started at eight in the morning and then I played for seven and a half hours. I had a six hour break. Mm -hmm. Then I played for six hours. I had a four hour break and then four hours and then an eight hour break. Mm -hmm. So kind of the math is you get a longer longer period of time, a couple of times, right. and then you get one good rest, one sort of eight hour mm -hmm. break in there. Every day and a half, roughly, you get a good eight hour break, so. What's the hardest point in the 10 days? What's the third the day. Third day. That's easy, yeah, like yeah. that's just, it's awful because you're, uh, you're, you're spending time weeks prior to get ready so everybody's still tired entering the game mm -hmm. and then the first day is just adrenaline it's fun uh, the second day you start to see a, a blister start and then the third day is just 
because nobody's trains. Yeah. There's not one person out there that trained for right. this thing. <laughs> and uh, uh, well, most people leave their gear from last game because a lot of the players don't play hockey on a regular basis. Oh, okay. So I put my skates on Friday at eight in the morning. The yeah. last time I had them on was three years ago. No way! I didn't skate for three years. <laughs> now is that something you'll 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 put them away for the next couple of years? Until I'll, the next I'll skate a little bit more. My my kids, I like going out with my kids and kind of getting the rink ready. And, of course, yeah. and they skate in that. But I don't like playing hockey that much. Oh. So, like I just don't like hockey. Like, I, no, I, I wouldn't guess, but I mean that speaks even more to, to how amazing of a feat it is that you're able to so. do that. Um, but yeah, by that third day, it's really what it hits is that mental mm-hmm. thing where you start to go, Jesus, we have seven more days of this. What did I get myself into? Yeah. And then by the fourth day, it's awful. Fifth day is like, okay, it's the hump day. Yeah. It's because each one of these days isn't so much your body, it's just your mind mm-hmm. trying to, you're, you're like, okay, I can get a two hour nap today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go take my two hour nap right now. And like, yeah, oh, so you'll skate in that you'll skate 14 to 16 hours of hockey in a 24-hour period is yeah. roughly how it works right mm-hmm. so what what are some secrets you've developed over the years duct tape duct tape duct for tape. blisters yeah. yeah so I would always well, most players some guys I don't know it's amazing they don't they just put their skates on and go and, and no blisters all right it's well what kind of skates are you rocking I don't <laughs> how old are these skates yeah I know <laughs> they've got new form fitting like yeah, heat molds you might look into that <laughs> maybe it's a good idea <laughs> but uh, yeah the, so the duct tape putting it on the areas where you might get a blister heel ankle that kind of stuff um, there's uh, lace bite Kind of like that material from your helmet. We mm-hmm. cut that up and and stuff it just in front of our skins for uh, our shins for lace bite. Yeah. Um, and don't sharpen your skates. Right. You don't. Nobody really sharpens because you you glide better on a dull skate. Of course. Yeah. So and if it's not a hard fast game, you don't need sharp edges. Yeah. So um, and in that something we learn is I have to have hard fast ice. So when I flood it, mm-hmm. it's not just dumping water. Most outdoor rinks you just kind of dump the water as fast as you can and it goes on and you yeah. spray a bit and it's done um, but I'll just get a base and then I have to do the rest just whatever layer of Zamboni is to, till I get about a foot and a half of ice mm-hmm. and within that it's warm water that ice is incredibly hard right. so even if it's warm weather it doesn't melt that quickly it's just very thin layers of water and all that kind of stuff it just it helps. <laughs> what uh, What do you eat during the 10 days? Everything. Everything? Yeah. Whatever you can get your hands on. Oh, well, it's amazing the food that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, every restaurant in Short Park, I think, gave us food. Nice. At least more than once. So you get variety, most importantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they hired a new girl here in the office this year. And uh, so I went to Carly. I said, we had this longest hockey game. Part of the job is you get involved in something. And I said, for you, like she's worked here a week. I said, for you, you're in charge of the meals. Oh, okay, what's involved in that? I said, well, you have to get meals for 50 people uh, three times a day for 10 days. Well, how do I do that? And I said, I don't know. Well, what if I can't? How bad you want this yeah. job? <laughs> I said, uh, uh, well, I'm leading our lawn a bit. <laughs> but I said, uh, what happens if I can't do that? I said, we don't eat. And 
I mean, think about it. We're out there skating for 10 days for yeah. cancer for, for kids. Yeah. We should eat. So the poor girl was almost in tears. Um, <laughs> but I let her off the hook about an hour later saying, here's people that have given us food before. Right. Here's the contacts. And <laughs> you gave her the outline of what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she felt a little bit better after that. <laughs> That's unreal. So you tallied about 1.2 as of today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when do you announce the official total? When does Guinness kick in the official record? And then, and then what's coming up next? Yeah, so we'll hopefully within... Uh, Within a month, we should have the exact dollar value, um, and um, within six months, I should have Guinness's thing, good or bad. And uh, next step is a baseball game. So from there, I'm in the back of our property. I'm building a baseball diamond, mm-hmm. and we, we played the longest baseball game about a year and a half ago out at uh, was it Telus Field at the time? I think it's called Remax Field now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so how, how long is that one? Uh, it's like three days or something like that. It wasn't that long. Eighty-eight hours or something like that. Is that a lot easier than the hockey? No, it's harder. Really? It was way harder. Even there's though you no, don't have the skates and yeah, the cold and there's no way you can play ten days of baseball. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, the injuries were worse. Uh, you're standing and then you're running, so you're tearing a hamstring. Right. You're rolling an ankle, like. Um, it, I didn't. I didn't believe that either. But mm-hmm. a lot of the players that played hockey played baseball, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, you, well, "You can't. You can't do ten days of baseball. Interesting. That'll, that'll never be done." <laughs> Learned something new today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, part of it too is pitching. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you you could play a lot longer than three days if every single player on both teams could pitch a lot. Right. But. Uh, the way we had it set up, we had about six or seven pitchers only mm-hmm. that we knew could throw strikes and mm-hmm. and, and that. So that's you could maybe go five days. Next. But baseball's next. I'm gonna I'm building the ball diamond now. So is that this year? Uh, this year I'll build the ball diamond. Yeah. Hopefully we play next year. Okay. And then when's the next hockey game? So I think if the timing works, we'll play. So we'll play baseball in kind of two years. Mm-hmm. And then two years will be hockey, then baseball, then hockey, and it'll just you're be like better. the summer winter Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I well, the the thing too is there's um, with hockey with hockey. I don't want to keep going to the well of sponsors and stuff that we ask. That mm-hmm. uh, I know how that works, and uh, um, I can't just go every year and say, "Hey, give yeah. me twenty grand." That right. type of stuff. Yeah, of course. And uh, the interesting thing with baseball is there's it is a new group of guys there's maybe uh, half are new people that don't play hockey mm-hmm. and within that there's there's a whole sort of group of fundraising that that they sort of know and do and that kind of thing so uh, so we're not knocking on the same door each That's time good. and uh, and thankfully the city still supports us in in our endeavors and that and, would you ever franchise and go out to like the world's longest like a bunch of different things? We've tried. I've tried to world's tell longest ping pong tournament. Oh yeah, <laughs> the uh, I've I've uh, I I thought when you meant like I've tried to play world's longest hockey game with other cities at the same time. Yeah, that's really what I would love to do. Right, of course. And just all in at the exact same time. Yeah, and 
if we can do that nationally, mm -hmm. uh, that would be amazing. They do it with pond hockey, mm -hmm. um, and I think that would be something that that would interest me down the road to be able to do. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly, I know there's lots of people who'd love to help with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> most get a hold of people in New Brunswick and all across the, <laughs> the country. Yeah. And then go uh, international yes. down in the States. <laughs> yeah. So most important question when we wrap up here is where can people get more information? Where can people go to donate to the cause? Worldslongestgame.com. Mm -hmm. Right now our website is linked to the ACF, uh, which which will direct you to donate and stuff and and it's got some cool stories on there and and some neat pictures and whatnot just to kind of look it up the program um, that the money is going to this year is called profile which is through the terry fox foundation it's a 22 million dollar project project to do cross country and alberta's sort of ticket for that to, to be able to run in Alberta is two million. So we we, we didn't raise quite our two million. Uh, the program is is gonna get up and running. Um, it's amazing because with kids with cancer, what they haven't been able to do before is genetically map that cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, through research in Calgary and Edmonton, actually, they found out how to do that. So now they map this child's uh, cancer cell and they can compare it to someone in Toronto and New Brunswick hmm. and say to that person, okay, we tried this in Toronto, it didn't work. Right. They have the same genetic map. Okay. Don't do this treatment. Right. And so it expedites sort of the treatment process and cuts the, down the options. The spokesperson that I talked to um, here, in, here in Edmonton, uh, he's been through I don't even know how many surgeries and, um, and chemo and radiation, you name it all. And, and in what his program is now set, his treatments will be cut in half just because of what's going to go on. And that, I mean, what does that mean for anybody? But to have kids that uh, their bodies aren't as strong as they, mm -hmm. they can be yet and their treatments, a lot of times the treatments give them problems. So, right. so this will... Uh, this will definitely make a big difference in what they're doing. Amazing. Well, Brent, thanks so much for the time. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, thanks for everything you're doing. I mean, it's an amazing cause and an amazing event. And uh, I look forward to the next one. Done. All right. <laughs> thanks. See ya. Guys, you heard the man, worldslongestgame.com, if you want to donate to the cause. Also, since he didn't plug it, I will, but Dr. Sakes optometrist practice is called Alberta Sports Vision. Go to them if you need any help with your peepers. Take care. Have a good week.